The measure of your love is determined by the depth of your gratefulness for God's forgiveness in your life. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. This morning, we're going to be talking about authentic acts of worship. Um, And I believe with all my heart that worship really begins out of the overflow of gratitude in our hearts for the forgiveness of God. Uh, When you've been forgiven much, uh, you love much in return, and that's what this whole passage is about today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 7, looking at verses 36 through 50. Um, Luke 7 is a chapter that is uh, broken down into several different stories, and uh, these are kind of larger stories. And so we've moved through this chapter a little more quickly than uh, we normally do. Uh, today's story is a beautiful story of worship at Jesus' feet um, in response to uh, forgiveness uh, that a woman experienced. And um, I think worship is something we offer God that He didn't give us first. Now, let me qualify that. God creates um, uh, the scenario (laughs) within us where our worship is possible, but our expression of worship back to God is something created inside of us out of the overflow of gratitude for what He's done for us. Worship is our heart's sincere response to the work of God in our life, uh, the forgiveness, the grace, the restoration, um, the release from sin and darkness. Um, When you've experienced great forgiveness, um, it, it makes sense that a tidal wave of gratitude would rise up within us. And what comes out is worship. And that is something that we offer God that he didn't give us first. Um, Worship is the only thing that we give back to him uh, that emerges um, from our hearts in response to what he's done. That's the only gift that we have to offer God, (laughs) that if we don't offer it, um, Jesus said, even the rocks will cry out. Um, So I don't know about you, but um, I want to make sure that my life is is absorbed in a never-ending song of worship to our loving Father for all that He's done and all that He is. Um, we love Him so much, and uh, worship is about expressing that love. It's that overflow of love back to God in response to His goodness to us. All right, so we're going to get into the passage here shortly. Uh, before we begin today, let's uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you once again. Uh, we're in the home stretch of the this week, and uh, we thank you for it, uh, Lord. If we're uh, quiet enough, we can look back and see your hand at work, and we give you thanks for that, uh, Father. Today, I pray that uh, whatever is distracting or disturbing us, Jesus, we would surrender it to you, and we would trust your lordship over those things that are troubling us today. You really are in charge. And we aren't. Uh, Help us stay rooted in that reality. Father, would you speak through your word to us today? Uh, We are hungry to hear from you. And we know that you have something to say. So give us ears to hear. Uh, We pray in your mighty name. Amen. All right, we're moving on into uh, Luke 7. Uh, We're going to finish the chapter today, verses 36 through 50. Uh, Let's listen to this story. 
When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What a beautiful, beautiful story of redemption and forgiveness uh, we see here. Um, it's a great story. Uh, within the story is uh, the revealing of um, Simon's heart and the hardness of his heart toward this woman who's a sinner. Just like him, he's a sinner too. He's just not aware of his need. He's not aware of his sin in the same way that hers is very uh, openly apparent, um, but he is a sinner too. Uh, and then Jesus tells a parable that teaches a point. And Simon, the Pharisee, actually sees the story for what it is, but he misses the point. <laughs> Sometimes we see the story, but we miss the point. Um, so Jesus is invited to this Pharisee named Simon, uh, Simon's home, and he's sitting down for a meal. And while he's there, custom would have uh, suggested that uh, people entering would have been offered water uh, for washing the dust of the road off their feet and cleaning their hands prior to the meal. And this particular host did not make provision for that. Uh, so Jesus is sitting at the table, and, and in walks a woman. Uh, obviously, this woman has heard of Jesus and possibly even been in the crowd when he's been teaching. And she tracks him down at this house. And she's come on a mission. And her mission is to express gratitude for Jesus. Uh, she has experienced uh, the love of God uh, in her encounters with him. And she comes with the best that she has to offer a jar of perfume. And she sits at his feet and she's weeping in his presence, <laughs> which makes me think about the many times in the presence of Jesus in worship that I have wept. 
and just been uh, full of gratitude for his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And the only response of my heart was to sing out songs of praise and to weep in his presence because I was so full of gratitude for what he had done for me. And uh, frequently uh, worship is that kind of an experience for me. Um, But she offers him the best she has and she wipes his feet with her tears and then pours perfume on them to anoint them. And the Pharisee sees this happening and he's internally, he's incensed a bit. He thinks, well, if Jesus was some great man of God, if Jesus was a great prophet, he'd know who this woman was and he'd know who was touching his feet and he would never allow it because a holy man, a godly man, a righteous man would never allow a sinner to touch him like this. (laughs) And Jesus knew what he was thinking as he always does. And he turns to him and he says, hey, Simon, you know, I've got something I'd like to tell you. So he tells him a story about uh, two people that owed a debt. And in the story, one owed 500 denarii. Now, a denarii was about one day's worth of wages. So you can imagine 500 denarii uh, was a lifetime of debt that no one could realistically pay off. And the other owned owed 50 denarii. And um, and uh, the 50 was a little more reasonable, but both of these uh, men were forgiven their debts. Um, Jesus leaves Simon with a question to ponder. He says, now which of them will love more? Simon thought about it and said, I suppose the one with the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus says, you've judged correctly. <laughs> and Jesus is really trying to show Simon his own heart. He's trying to say, Simon, what you don't realize is that the woman is the person with the 500 denarii, and you're the person with the 50. Um, And uh, you don't know how to love like this woman loves because you've not experienced the depth of mercy. Now, the reality is uh, Simon is the person with 500 denarii to repay as well, as we all are. We perceive ourselves as being a little less uh, unclean, a little less sinful, a little less bad than the next guy, um, because those are the games that we play with ourselves in our minds. And uh, Jesus is saying, hey, the reality is um, she is loving like she's loving. Her loving response The depth of gratitude pouring out of her is in response to the depth of forgiveness she experienced. When you experience mercy as a true gift, and when you realize what you've been set free from, (laughs) what flows out, what pours out of you is a, a gratitude and a worshipfulness that uh, expresses how deeply you appreciate what God has done for you. And that's what the woman is doing here. Now, I want to ask you, my friends, when you look at your typical attitude in worship, when you look at your typical experience in worship, do you worship Jesus like this woman? Do you worship like someone who has been forgiven uh, greatly and and one who's got a uh, heart that overflows with gratitude for what, what God has done, for the gift of God in your life? 
What is your stance in worship? And, and are you having encounters with Jesus like this? And I think to have encounters with Jesus like this, we must be in tune with the depth of his mercy at work in our lives. And when you realize what you've been forgiven from, and when you realize what he has released you from, and, and when you receive the good gift of his mercy into your life, your response to him will look much like this woman. Um, I think sometimes we are too buttoned up in worship. We're too afraid of uh, falling apart. We're too afraid of coming unglued. We're too afraid of uh, allowing our brokenness to be seen in that space. <laughs> and if we're too afraid of those things, we're too aware of the other worshipers around us and not enough aware of God's presence in our midst. Worship even in a corporate setting, is something that's very much just between the worshiper and God. And if you're aware of everyone else around you, and if you care too much about what they think about your worship experience, then you need a gut check. I need a gut check when I am too mindful of those things. Our worshipful expression to Jesus should be authentically expressing what's contained in our hearts as it relates to the gratitude uh, that we feel toward his mercy at work in our lives. And so um, it's a couple days before Sunday, and maybe you're heading to worship this Sunday, and I want to challenge you to think about your attitude as you come into worship on Sunday. And I pray that you will have a Jesus encounter that causes you to come unglued in his presence, that you would have an encounter with his mercy so rich and so real that you have an experience with him like never before. <laughs> and that's my prayer for myself too, my friends. Well, I hope this uh, teaching today has been encouraging and um, that you would uh, be prepared for a worship encounter on Sunday. Uh, and just let it flow, my friends. Just let it flow. Let that gratitude for his mercy flow. All right. You guys take care. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch up again tomorrow.